It was one of the moments in my life where that saying flight or fight really fucking kicked in. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Wellness Fucking Wednesday with Nix. Today's podcast I wanted to do about how I discovered five massive red flags in a relationship. Before we get into it, I just want to build a little bit of context. So my first relationship was at the age of 14, and I feel like, I mean, I'm 35 years old now, but I feel like I had always been in a relationship right up until I was about fucking 30, maybe 30 or something. And so, as you can imagine, I've been through so many different experiences in that, and I I truly believe that when we get ourselves into relationships, not only do we fucking learn about, you know, we have to learn about the other person, but fuck, we learn a shitload about ourselves, Um, and I feel like that's why I really want to do this podcast here today. So, little disclaimer, I'm sitting in my lounge, my partner's in our bedroom, which is where I normally kind of do these podcasts, and he's sick, so if it sounds a little out of it, that'll be why. But anyway, other than that, we'll dive straight in with our first massive red flag in a relationship, which is dishonesty. So for me, the experience that I went through to kind of really fully discover how much dishonesty is a fucking red flag in a relationship was I was cheated on. So uh, when I was 18... I found myself in a relationship with a man that was fucking 10 years or so older than me. He actually had just come out of, uh, uh, you know, a long relationship with the mother of his children, and he had two children. So I kind of, I'm fresh, I'm 18 years old, I kind of step into this fucking out-of-it dynamic Uh, with a man and the mother of his child that still wanted to have control over him and would use the children as pawns and things like that. So that was fucked up for me. But all goods, um, you know, I'm young, I'm naive. So anyway, that's, that's kind of the situation I found myself in. Now, the thing was, I went away for, it was my son's fifth birthday, and, um, I went up north and, you know, obviously was present at my son's fifth birthday for this weekend. Cool as. I came back, went back to Auckland, you know, and things were fucking all goods from what I thought that they were. And then one day he said to me, he woke up early, he said, oh, I've got to go over and see the kids and visit the kids and that over at the mother's house. I said, sweet as. He fucked off, I fucking laid down for a bit of a nap, and then I fucking heard this, his truck come screeching in the driveway, and I'm like fucking lying there like, fuck is that him? And then next minute the front door, boom, goes flying open, and he comes running into the room, and he's like, hey, hey, wake up, and I'm like, what's going on? And he said, oh, fuck. 
I just got back from visiting the kids and I ended up having an argument with her. And I says, oh yeah, what's happening? He says, "Um, I need to fucking come clean. I need to tell you something. You know, uh, when you went up north for your son's birthday, I says, yes. He said, well, I cheated on you and I cheated on you with the mother of my kids. And I says, okay then. Uh, You know, I'm still fucking got shit in my eyes from my nap. And I'm sitting here in shock, uh, and he's like, but that's not all. She's she's pregnant. She got pregnant. And I'm like, wow, how far along is she? And he's like, oh, she's seven months pregnant now. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? And I said, well, why the fuck am I? F-? Well, I said, when did you find out? He said, oh, I found out when she was about seven weeks. And I'm like... And you didn't think to fucking tell me? And he's like, oh, well, I didn't think it was my child. You know, like really fucking playing those those kind of cards. Um, And I said, well, why are you fucking telling me now, seven months later? He's like, oh, because I just had an argument with her and she said to me that she was going to come over and tell you. So I just, you know, I thought I'd better man up and fucking, you know, come back and and do the right thing and tell you myself, oh, my God, Fano, what what the actual fuck, eh? That was one of my encounters um, with dishonesty. That wasn't the first time that person had cheated on me. And, you know, like I said, I'm 35 years old now, and when I reflect back on my time with this person, so many fucking lessons I I had learned. Like, you know, we would go out to a pub, you know, and uh, just the minute that you fucking walk into, well, that I would walk in there, I could just feel people laughing at me. You know, I could feel the women that were on the bar laughing at me and and they they all knew something that I fucking didn't and it, it was just a ugly ugly feeling how did it make me feel you know having to go through this this dishonesty and fucking being cheated on and things like that it made me feel unworthy to be honest and it made me question myself and my worth and you know, why am I not fucking good enough? I'm not even good enough to hold down this man. And it made me feel like I'm, I must be fucking ugly. I must be disgusting. And all these things, which, you know, when I reflect back, I feel really sad for the way that I interpreted what was kind of going on around me and what this fucking man had put me through. Because I... I should never have questioned me, you know. That wasn't a fucking me thing. That was a disgusting him thing, you know. And, and you know, some of you that are listening may think differently and and all of that, but there's one fucking thing I hate, Fano, and that is dishonesty. That is cheating. I, I think you're the scum of the fucking earth. Sorry to say it, if you do that. I don't understand why you can't just say, hey, look, I'm not fucking happy. I'm not happy in this, you know, so how about you just go your way and I go my way before I do something that's really going to do some fucking damage to you. You know, I just don't get it, and I feel like that's what I I kind of took away. So what have I learned from that experience there? Well, moving into, you know, new relationships, I learnt that I am definitely fucking worthy. I'm definitely don't deserve 
to be treated in that way. And, you know, I hate it, but sometimes some of our most painful experiences are the ones that teach us the biggest lessons. And uh, and I'm really grateful for that. As much as I fucking hate the way he made me feel, I'm really grateful in a way to say thank you, motherfucker, because <laughs> you taught me what I will not stand for moving forward in my life. When I get my new partner and the partner, you know, the relationship I'm in now, like, fuck, will I sit around if any of that stuff popped up? Like, I am well and truly beyond that. I know how it feels, and I will never, ever put myself in that situation ever again. Number two is controlling behaviour. So after that person, um, I ended up being in another relationship with this very fucking controlling person. I was not allowed to socialise. I had people that, like, this person would literally, let's just call him Christian, because that's his name. Christian would not allow for me to socialise, He literally had people that would follow me and watch my every move and they would report back to him. I wasn't allowed to have friends. Uh, My housemates that I lived with were constantly fucking harassed by him. Um, I remember coming home one day and I walked into the front door and um, all my housemates, I had about three or four of them, they were sitting on this couch in the lounge area and when I opened the front door they all turned and looked at me and they just had this fucking look of fear on their faces and they were all sitting there quiet as a mouse, the house was quiet as fuck And I walked in and I looked at them and they all turned and looked at me scared as and I shut the front door and I said, what the fuck are you doing? And then I carried on walking in and this Christian was sitting on the couch opposite them and he had a knife in his hand and he says, hi baby. Oh my God, he was the most creepiest fucking person ever. And I remember looking at him and I said, what the fuck are you doing in our house? And he had them there. He said, none of your housemates would tell me where you were. That's all I wanted. I just wanted one of them to tell me where you were. And so I told them that they were not allowed to fucking leave that couch until until I found you or until you came home or one of them rang you. Oh, my God, it was crazy, my poor housemates. And, you know... This guy, he would fucking go to jail and that was kind of like the only times that I would feel free was the minute that I found out that he had been locked up. And the crazy thing was, hold up, I'm just moving around. I'm sitting on the floor so my fucking legs are going numb. The crazy thing was is that I would have people knock on my door while he was in jail and say they would tell me that they had been sent over to check that I was at the house from him who was in jail. He had contacted them. I even ran into people that were like, are you, you know, they would ask me my name and I'd say, yeah. And they would say, do you know this person? I said, yeah. And they said, well, this person's in jail and he's fucking telling everyone in jail that you belong to him, you know, that you are his. And if anyone fucking touches you or anything like that, then he will take them out. So it was a really fucking actual scary 
kind of situation that I had found myself in. And how did that make me feel? It made me feel unsafe and it made me feel scared. Another incident I remember coming, well, I remember being at home and it was, it was like ladies and I was the only one at home and I could fucking, I heard the side gate open and I had locked everything up. I heard the side gate open and then I heard one of the back bedroom windows smash and I just fucking knew that it was him. And um, I ended up running into my room and hiding in the wardrobe, um, hiding behind the door. And you could imagine the house being pitch black. And I'm hiding behind the bedroom door. And then I heard, where are you? And I'm thinking, oh my God, this motherfucker is crazy. And I hid behind the door and my heart's fucking pounding and I'm scared as. And then, you know, it went from where are you to where the fuck are you? I'm sick of your fucking games, you know. And I just stayed behind that door and then, you know, everything went quiet. And then next minute I fucking felt the door like fly open and he was like, here you are. And I had to switch. It was one of the moments in my life where... That saying flight or fight really fucking kicked in um, because as soon as that door opened, I had to step into this kind of oh my god, like this this I don't I don't know how to explain it, but what I did as a self-coping mechanism was I pretended that I knew it was him and I was just kind of playing hide and go seek. And I ended up saying to him, oh, damn, you found me. Fuck, I was trying to hide from you. You know, and my heart's fucking pounding for my life. I'm fucking scared. But I had to kind of, I feel like I had to kneel down and I had to kind of play this friendly, you know, because I... I just, I knew that I couldn't show him my fear and I couldn't show how scared I was because I knew he'd fucking play on that. So I had to kind of um, step into this thing where I had to just pretend that I was kind of going along with it, you know. And once I did that, he was like, oh, I thought you were, come here, you know, like, oh, fuck, it makes my skin crawl just the the situation that I had got myself into. Anyway, what have I learned from being with someone that is has very controlling behaviour? Um, I've learned that I'm never going to do that again because <laughs> that was fucking scary. It was so scary and there are little kind of inklings you know like the constantly questioning who my friends are and constantly questioning why I've got to go over here or why I've got to fucking go and see my friends or or why I'm on the phone to my parents or you know it's like those are little actual little red flags in themselves that if gone unnoticed will fester and all of a sudden I'm now dealing with this fucking monster and that's where I was at so what have I learned is to open my eyes to just those little red flags of controlling behavior and fucking do something about it you know step back and say well hey I've, I've actually already fucking witnessed this before I've kind of already had these feels and uh, this time around I'm actually going to trust my gut instinct and motherfucker you can hit the road jack because fuck this shit 
So that's what I've learned from that. Number three is physical abuse. So I have been in a domestic violence relationship. I, oh God, yeah, I remember um, being headbutted. I remember being kicked in my stomach, punched, my arms being grabbed and fucking ragdolled. I remember taking photos and emailing them to my mum and just kind of saying to my mum, can you please kind of put these away for one day when I might need them, when I have the strength to do something about my situation? Because at the time when I was in the thick of it, I didn't have the strength to do anything about the situation because I didn't know how to how to do anything about my situation. Um, how did it make me feel? It made me feel helpless, you know, having your hair pulled and being punched and fucking having your, you know, finger marks in the side of your arms and the sides of your legs and having your fucking stomach, you know, your ribs in there bruised, you know, that makes you feel tiny. It made me feel weak and battered and it made me feel, yeah, like I said before, it made me feel fucking helpless. Like I, I, I didn't know how to fucking help myself. So anyway, what have I learned from that, from being in that situation is I've learned self-love. I've done a lot of work on myself um, and I realised that actually I'm worth so much more than for someone to treat me like a fucking boxing bag, you know, and, and there's a saying and it says how you love yourself is how you expect others to love you and I'm in a, at a stage in my life where I love me way too much to ever let anyone do anything like that to me again. Again, there are little kind of red flags along the journey to domestic violence. And I remember um, some of those for me were, well, one thing my mum always said to me was, Nix, it starts with a push. And then what happens is you fucking let that, you know, let that slide. And then it'll move into a bit of a shove. You let that slide it'll move into a punch, you let that slide, it'll move into a kick, you let that slide, move into a full-blown fucking hiding, and if you keep letting it slide, you know, unfortunately, it could end in death, you know, that's where it started for me, was the pushing, and uh, even though my mum had told me that, it was just a little bit harder, you know, when I was in the, in the thick of it, I felt like, you know, when you're in quicksand, I've, I don't know, I've never fucking been in quicksand, but I've watched those movies. And um, the more you fucking struggle in that, the deeper you get into it, you know, and that's how I kind of felt. The other feelings that I had as well was, I really think I can change him. I really think that, I, you know, I just need to stick it out. And things are going to change, you know. And I, I kind of found myself fucking making excuses for this person in, in the way of saying, well, you know, hey, maybe if I hadn't have done that, then he wouldn't have reacted in this way. Or maybe I should have kept my fucking mouth shut. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. And, you know, from what I've learned over the years since being in that, that situation is I have a fucking right to say what's on my mind. 
you know I, I don't deserve to be shut down out of fear of being beaten so yeah so uh so yeah so that's what I've learnt um, from my time in a domestic violence relationship. Okay, number four is anger management issues. So I've also found myself in instances with people or with a person that has major fucking anger management issues um, where things would be like, you know, throwing things around, like fucking anything, breaking everything, just flying off the fucking handle, like... You know, it could be something so tiny and all of a sudden it's just fucking blowing way out of proportion and I'm standing there like, holy fuck. I remember one time um, I was asked to buy a steak and cheese pie. This is this is how fucking, you know, even just me talking about this now, I'm thinking, God, Nicola, what the fuck? Uh, I was, you know, I said, what kind of pie do you want? And this person said, I want a steak and cheese pie. I go into the shop. I ask for, you know, can I get a mince and cheese pie and a steak and cheese pie? They say, we've run out of steak. I said, oh, well, fuck it. I'll just grab two mince and cheese. I get back out to the car and this person just fucking flipped. The pie was literally thrown at my face and the drink as well. And it was all over the fact that it wasn't a steak and cheese pie, you know? And how did this make me feel? It made me literally feel like I was walking on eggshells. I felt threatened. I felt scared. I felt helpless. I felt like any fucking minute it was going to be my head slammed into a fucking wall or something like that, you know? Um, what I've learned from that experience is... Honestly, if they can't fucking help themselves, if they can't recognize, and especially where I'm at now, you know, like where I'm at in my life now, if they are in denial and they cannot um, fucking realize for themselves what the hell is going on, and if they can't be proactive about helping themselves, well, I'm not going to fucking be a casualty of war. I'm not going to put myself in a situation where, you know, I could be the final end result of this person's fucking denial. Oh, hell no. Hell no. And the other thing is as well, there's children to consider. You know, there's fucking children to consider. So I could never um, have my children around somebody that is dealing with major anger management issues, throwing things, because not only will you be fucking making me scared, and making me feel threatened and making me feel like I'm walking on eggshells. But think of my kids. The kids will be fucking feeling that too. And oh, how no. That is what I've learned from being in a position or in a situation with someone with anger management issues. The thing is, it's not just about me. You know, I have to be the one to make the right decisions for the children. Um, and that brings us to number five, which is avoidance. So this is a person that avoids any type of conflict where it matters. 
you know, if something pops off, and I know this whānau, because even I've done this, oh my God, even I'm a fucking walking red flag in this instance for avoidance. You think you're doing the righty by fucking holding everything in, you know, you think you're trying to keep the house peaceful, you think you're trying to avoid conflict in front of the children and things like that. So you hold everything in, you bottle everything up, and then there comes a boiling point. And when you hit that fucking boiling point or when these, you know, this person has hit this boiling point, it's in front of the kids, it's in front of absolutely fucking anybody, it's in the warehouse, it's in anywhere. They just get to this point where, you know what, I've had a fuck enough. And the thing is, is the, the boiling point or the snapping point is over something so tiny and, and it's insignificant you know it's minuscule it could be that you slam the door you know on the car when you got out of the car boom now I've snapped and it's not just at the fact that you just slammed that door it's an accumulation of all the unresolved fucking conflict that has built up you know, over a, a long period of time and it just so happens you slamming that door has just made me fucking snap, you know. And these are the, when we look at, you know, when you look at statistics and things like that, these are the common denominators for people actually taking it one step further and murdering somebody. You know, I, don't, I know we don't want to go down that fucking morbid avenue, but it really is. And it's because somebody has made it a point to avoid, avoid, avoid resolving conflict. They have an inability to resolve conflict and all of a sudden they just hit that fucking boiling point and they just snap. And the consequences for this avoidance, you know, could be deadly. How does it make me feel um, when I'm in a situation where a red flag of avoidance is being displayed? It makes me feel uncomfortable because long-winded passive aggressiveness can cause resentment and no solution. So what have I learned? Well, I've learned that if something pops off like for instance, if me and my partner, um, you know, if something pops up and, and I'm not happy or something, fuck, I'll communicate. Shit, I can't even hold that in. I need to put it on the table right now and, you know, like, yes, let the emotions flow, you know, if my partner is not feeling it, cool, at least I've put it on the table, we'll take a little bit of a break, take a breather, fuck off, go and do something and then when we come back, we're fucking solution focused because we both realise that holding it in and, and really fucking loading up that boiling point is not going to be beneficial for me, it's not going to be beneficial for him, our relationship and our family as well. So that's our kind of thing, that's what I've learnt is to communicate, don't fucking hold it in. At the same time when I'm talking on uh, in regards to the other person, if I feel like there's some type of avoidance there, you know, my thing is to not get all up in his fucking face. 
but to just kind of create that space where we can have those open dialogue and we can have that open communication and just remind, you know, whether it's my partner, just remind them, hey, babe, you know, we, we've got to get through because this is our commitment to our family and we can't let this one little fucking thing fuck our whole family over you know we, we just can't do that so anyway guys that is my five red flags how I kind of came to know each red flag on a very personal level again I will run through all five of them number one dishonesty number two controlling behavior number three physical abuse number four anger management issues and number five avoidance if you're in a relationship and any of these sound somewhat familiar shit you gonna learn today you gotta do something about it girl um and just remember no matter what fucked up situations you've been through those lessons are there for you to learn and they are going to make your future a hell of a lot fucking better as long as you open your eyes and really soak and what these experiences are trying to teach you. All right, guys, that's me for today. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast and I'll see you next week on Wellness Fucking Wednesday with Nick's.